welcome in to the All Talk Podcast. It's not the it's not All Talk Pod. It's not ATP. It's TATP. It's all one flowing sequence of words. The All Talk Pod. This is your disgruntled host. No, I'm not disgruntled. I'm happy it's I guess for for you all listening right now, it's Thursday, and honestly, this this week, the week of August tenth, August 9th, maybe. I don't know what what day was Monday of this week. I think it was. Let me pull up the old trusty calendar real quick. Yeah, the week of August tenth has surprisingly gone by very quickly. I can't believe we are in the studio. With my vast count of employees over here at the All Talk Pod, we got Stat Department, Legal, McNellis, shout out. Uh, we are very happy to be here, but that's a long, long-winded introduction. This is your host, Jeff Woodruff, and today is Thursday. A lot of Thursday episodes in a row. Thursday, August 13th, we are on episode 29 And I'm sure anyone who has any familiarity with the pod or myself probably could have guessed this week's shout-out or this week's commemoration to an individual who has worn number 29 in a professional sport. Hint, hint, football player. We've been doing this for like four episodes, and all of them have been NFL players, all of them running backs, not this one. This is episode 29, dedicated to former Chiefs safety Eric Berry. Eric Berry is potentially one of the best stories in all of NFL history. Not only because he was top 10 draft pick, came out of college super well known, played on the Chiefs, my beloved Kansas City Chiefs, so obviously he has a soft spot. Soft spot. Whoa, getting ahead of myself. Soft spot in my heart. He also battled, overcame, destroyed cancer during his NFL career. He, Eric was, yeah, we're on a first name basis. Eric got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and he sat out one year of playing and came back the very next year. He was going through chemo. He he was it was a full blown cancer treatment plan that that Eric Berry was on, and I think anyone who knows who has had a loved one or had anyone close to them be impacted by the scourge that cancer is knows that it, it is very tough. It, it takes a huge toll on the body, chemo especially. And Eric Berry came back one pound heavier than he was prior to going through his cancer treatment. And he played the next season, played out of his mind. Um, unfortunately, he, he has not retired yet fully. Just wanted to put that out into everyone's mind. He actually, at the start of 2020, his agent came out and was like, yo, my dude Eric Berry, is, he's ready to get back onto the field and, and get picked up by a team. Chiefs signed him to a big contract. It just didn't really make sense. Uh, and now we've we've obviously got Honey Badger and my dude Juan Thornhill uh, back in the secondary. But if you are looking for an inspirational, gritty story of a 
fantastic comeback, then look no further than than Eric Berry's story. So shout out Eric Berry, episode 29 of the pod. We are happy to be here, very happy to be here. Um, I will say I've been grinding this week, and you probably can tell by the length of this episode, I'm about four minutes and 20 seconds in, whoa, and uh, probably not too much longer to go. It's going to be just your good friend Jeff on episode 29 of the pod. Wanted to sort of get up here and bang it out because, you know, at this point we're trying to get to 50 episodes for anyone who may be new to the show. Uh, The goal is 50. We're on 29 right now. If I had my way, I probably would have pushed off this week's episode just due to, honestly, kind of lack of content. Not a lot has gone on. But we do have some good stuff that I'm excited to talk about, including a little update on the NBA. College football has came out and destroyed the lives of millions of people. No, I'm joking. But they have they've made some, some big decisions. And uh, we'll get into that, talk a little about what to expect with the upcoming college football season, if there is one. And then rounding us out a little bit, we'll also talk about Hard Knocks. Los Angeles edition, and honestly, I was I was so excited to to watch Hard Knocks this year. This past Tuesday it debuted, but before that too, I want to let everyone in on a little show that I've been watching. I'm not really proud to say this, honestly, but I have kind of been peeking around, maybe got drug into watching Selling Sunset, Selling Sunset, I don't know. I I think it's selling sunset is the correct term, but that wording and grammar doesn't really make sense to me. They they should probably update that to selling sunsets, so it's plural. But that is a Netflix series, and um, it's it's really good, very entertaining. It's it basically follows this real estate brokerage. Oh, it's a reality show. And it follows this high-profile real estate brokerage in Los Angeles. Essentially, it's just a group of like seven or eight super high-profile real estate agents, all ladies that work at this luxury boutique firm. And it's very interesting to go through and see how many freaking sweet houses there are in L.A. And it's very cool because it also shows you how much money that these high-profile real estate agents make, like on just pure commission after selling a house. And these girls are pumping out. Like, I think the cheapest house I've seen sold on Selling Sunsets, I'm just going to say that because Selling Sunsets, it's not correct. There's absolutely no way that's correct. Selling Sunsets, the cheapest house I've seen was like $3 million and... The real estate agent who's responsible and, and ends up selling the house gets like $75,000 in commission. And they're like, oh, yay. Just, oh, nice. You know, there's seventy five grand. You know, no big deal. But then on like the big houses, like the really big houses, I, I'm seeing uh, we're going through the season. So there's an ongoing storyline of one house that they're trying to sell. And it's $75 million. And honestly, it's not that cool of a house. Like it's kind of stupid. But either way, the commission on it is like two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Like, 
and they're pumping out these houses. I'm sure that the timeline seems a little bit more condensed while we're actually going through the show. But it feels like one girl is selling, you know, a few million dollar house every few weeks and then just raking in a full year's worth of, of pay for the for the standard human. Uh, and obviously there's there's a lot of fabricated I don't want to say fabricated because I'm sure some of these girls are just off the wall, right? Uh, LA real estate girls and they're rolling in cash, so why not be a little out there? They've got some drama, some drama storylines that go along with the show as well, but I'm more interested in, in looking at how much commission they all make. And it it's honestly super interesting. Uh, gives you a little bit of insight on how the ultimate wealthy live in L.A. I've never been to L.A., but just by looking at like the different cut scenes and transition shots that they have in there like while they're going through scenes, skipping from house to house, they set, or they show like a lot of just the LA public walking around. I think I would survive less than a day there. It seems like my hell on earth, honestly. But the show is entertaining, kind of like a guilty pleasure. Uh, ladies, probably a little bit more relevant to you. But hey, fellas, if you're looking to connect with your, uh, your inner feminine side, I can't believe I just said that then, yeah, might as well check it out. The NBA, for a little bit more masculinity, has also been continuing on. Like, this is... I, I, I've said this before. I'm not a huge NBA guy. Um, but each and every game that I'm tuning into is incredibly entertaining. Like, I'm, I'm watching more NBA games, and I know it's just because that... We've been starved of live sports, live entertainment for so long, so obviously I'm going to tune into a little bit more than I normally would have. But every single NBA game that has gone on since they've picked back up in the bubble has been so entertaining. And I think a part of it maybe falls back to I'm fully in on the Dallas Mavericks. And and that's sort of where I want to get to. So... Just doing a little bit of research before today's show, and when I say a little bit, I mean like literally four minutes of research. Lakers, Bucks, Clippers are are the top three favorites to bring it all home. And honestly, if you're a betting man, which I am not, but I'm happy to be a betting consultant, I think that would be a really fun job to have. Just consult on people. And then I can get a little fee of of the money that they put down. Maybe I would put down just a little bit. I would cover, like, I don't know. Uh, I'll think through the logistics on how I could convince myself to become a betting consultant. But either way, Lakers, Bucks, Clippers, all favorites to win the ship? No. Uh-uh. None of those three teams are winning. The ship, the trophy, I, I don't even know what the trophy's called. But either way, it's coming down to the great state of Texas one way or the other. And that's through either the Houston Rockets or the Dallas Mavericks. And that's really purely based on me watching like four or five games. Four or five Mavs games specifically. And then tuning in on pretty regularly on some of those other teams that I listed off. So the, the Lakers, Bucks, Clippers. And honestly, if Luka and Kristaps are firing... The Mavs are hard to beat. And then obviously the same goes with the Rockets. 
the Rockets Mavs game, which kicked off uh, my viewership, my fanship of the Dallas Mavs was a barn burner. And it feels like every single game that the Rockets or Mavs are playing, they're putting up like 130 points. And honestly, I just don't think that other teams, once we get into the series format, are going to be able to just consistently do that night in or game in, game out. So there is my very limited picks, all gut feeling picks, and all Texas resident picks as well. Even though I'd like to see it come down to uh, the Big D where I'm a resident of. So... If you are a betting man, toss some money on the Mavericks right now. They're kind of in the middle of the pack on this uh, this odds list that I'm reviewing for the time being. The Nuggets are right ab- above them, and the Heat are right below them, plus 3,500 to win it all. So get in while you can. Get in while uh while all the hype isn't surrounding the Mavs. I feel like they're always like just a low key team. And honestly, I think it's because Luka is 21 years old, doesn't make a lot of headlines out of the court or off the court. And I think that's exactly where you need to be to sort of be that sneaky underdog team that makes a big run, makes a big push, and ends up bringing home the title. And then also, on the other hand, if you want to get in on the Rockets, they're just an offensive powerhouse. So there's my little uh, tidbit on the NBA I've been loving it, though. Uh, Switching gears a little bit to something that it's not very good. It's not very fun to talk about. Not very fun to to see that it's happening. The Big Ten and the Pac-12, excuse me, not the Pac-12, the Pac-12, both conferences came out and said that they are officially canceling their fall college football seasons. That sucks. And I think it finally has sort of settled in that, I mean, if you have not thought it before, this is the ultimate kick in the gut that Rona is, 2020 is absolutely absurd. Like, we're not, I I can't imagine being like a diehard college football fan for a team in one of those conferences and just not having a football season. Like, that's absurd. Uh, The ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 are all planning to continue to play their season. Honestly, at this point, I kind of wish that they would all just defer from the fall and pick it up in the spring. Because I'm confident in the NFL uh, figuring out a full season or or close to a full season. So I, I think I'm very confident in the fact that we are going to have football in the fall. Obviously, it may not be the the college aspect or the college teams, but the NFL has given me confidence that we are going to get some some football, some contact football in the fall. So if college football would defer to the spring, that just means that our football offseason is a few months shorter, which would be fantastic. Uh, Every single offseason especially this one, feels like it drags on forever and ever. And if we had an awesome spring football season, like I think that they would dominate markets, obviously. I mean, they'll have to compete with uh, March Madness, but could you imagine if your team, if your college was 
doing really well in football and doing really well in basketball at the same exact time. Like, put put me in a time machine and bring me back to college, please. I mean, for several reasons, I, I already wish that would happen. But if I had both of my basketball and football teams competing at the highest level at the same time with potential to win a bowl game or make a deep run in March Madness, I don't know if I would graduate. I would, it would be amazing. I don't think, I know right now that the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 are all saying that they're expecting to play in the fall, but the fact that two of the Power 5 conferences have already came out, so the Big 10 and the Pac-12 have already came out and said that it's not happening, it makes me really, really hesitant to believe that we're going to see college football this year, or this fall, excuse me, in 2020. Let me broaden that a little bit. I personally am very pessimistic on the college football front, and it goes back to the fact that the guys playing are not adults. Like It's not the NFL where they really have a strong understanding of the potential consequences there's so much more stuff that goes into putting ultimately kids at risk, kids that could rip me in half if they wanted to, kids that I look up to, eight, 18-year-old kids uh, in some cases that I'm like, wow, you are you're very cool and, and I appreciate everything you do for me. And then also, from sort of a personal standpoint, Kansas Jayhawks are not a great football team. And I think if we had a little bit more time to kind of figure it out, you know, what what the guys go out there and uh, practice walkthroughs, film sessions, have organized stuff so they're not losing everything that they've put so much work towards this year, I think ultimately in the long long run it would help out KU football immensely. Because we're kind of on the teetering edge uh, a little bit. I know we need to figure out the quarterback position, but we got Puka. And I, I think if we got Puka, then then we're contenders right there. So we'll see if if the ACC, the SEC, and Big 12 come through and, and actually save the day. Ultimately, my happiness happiness does not depend so much on college football as it does the NFL. So I'm going to be fine. I think... If we had to lose the NFL or college football, oh my God, a billion times out of a billion, I'm saying sacrifice college football. No doubt in my mind, zero, zero thought or zero question goes into that statement and what I'm choosing there. Uh, so if if we get NFL, which I'm confident we are, then then I'm going to be happy. Um the reason I'm confident in the NFL is, you know, through a lot of different things. Obviously, they they were able to come together. We're in like week two, week three of training camp right now as we speak. So pads are not yet on. They're still sort of doing walkthrough stuff. Um, but they have everyone in the facilities, right? So the Chiefs, for example, they've got their locker rooms set up. Everyone's wearing their face masks, desanitizing everything like that. 
And then this week, so this past Tuesday, every Tuesday at 9 o'clock Central on HBO, if you have an HBO account and if you are an NFL fan or a football fan, a sports fan, then I highly, highly recommend tuning in to Hard Knocks each and every week. Basically, if you're not familiar with Hard Knocks, each year... HBO will send out a a camera crew and they will film a team as they journey through training camp. And typically training camp is, is obviously one of the most intense parts of the NFL season, bringing in all the rookies, bringing in undrafted free agents. So guys that are fighting for a job because they come in with, you know, 90 or so guys on the roster. At some point they've got to get that down to, 50, 52, 53 on the active roster, plus 10 or so guys on the practice squad as well. So they're making anywhere between 20 and 30 cuts. And the camera crew follows the team each season. So they'll bounce around teams each and every year. Last year it was uh, now the Las Vegas Raiders. And last season sucked. <laughs> I did not enjoy watching Derek Carr and John Gruden just constant. Like, I realized that having a camera on you at all times is going to make you act a little bit different than you typically would. But the amount of just weird content or conversations and forced, you know, jokes and stuff like that throughout the Raiders Hard Knock series, like, it was one of the worst series I've ever seen or one of one of the worst seasons of Hard Knocks I've ever seen. Because it everything felt so forced, and Derek Carr is just such a weirdo, like, seriously. And the Raiders, as an organization, like, we all know, especially me growing up as a Kansas City fan, like, I know that the Raiders, as a franchise, always are going to Raider. Like, basically, they're always going to figure out a way to botch something or make a fool out of themselves, you know, whether it be drafting Jamarcus Russell, for example. I I know that could have happened to anyone, but of course it had to happen to the Raiders. They go out, they're expecting to get this generational talent at quarterback, the answers to all the struggles that they've had since the 90s, and then it's just a total flop. And we got to see that consistently throughout last season's hard knocks. Um, So just blatant disrespect to Derek Carr, their starting quarterback. Blatant disrespect to John Gruden, like from players just throughout the entire series. And then having to deal with the Antonio Brown stuff as well. Uh, All of it was captured. So I think last season was really good to just kind of reassure everyone that the Raiders are, although they're moving cities, they're relocating. At heart, they're still the Raiders. This year, it's a little bit different. It's Hard Knocks Los Angeles, so they are following two teams, the Chargers and the Rams, and honestly, could not have worked out better for them to have double the amount of stuff to follow because episode one wasn't you know, all that football centralized, right? So a lot of it, and this is sort of going back to why I feel a little bit more confident or do feel confident that we're going to have a season is because it showed 
firsthand camera crew boots on the ground how much work each NFL team has gone on, gone put towards uh, to making their facilities, making their players safe when it all circles back to Corona. And we got to see, like, it, it drug on a little bit, I will say. For about 10 minutes of this past episode, they showed, like, five or six guys just getting COVID tested, like getting the Q-tips shoved up their nose. Like, I get it. I could have seen one of those guys get tested, and then, you know, I would have gotten the gist there. But other than that, uh, they're doing everything right, it seems like, in order to mitigate the potential for the Roan to be spreading in the locker rooms. Um, So a lot of it was centralized. Episode one was centralized around that. Uh, But we also got to, you know, each and every year, whenever it is a team that you're following. So, for example, a few years ago, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then a couple of years ago as well was the Cleveland Browns. And you get to see these up-close, intimate relationships like guys – you know, sometimes potentially getting cut, showing that emotion, like it's a hardcore, you know, business industry to be in because it's so much can change just one day from the next. And Hard Knocks does such a good job of capturing like the emotional and personal standpoint that a lot of times is overlooked uh, when we think about the NFL because for most of us, it just boils down to, you know, who's winning on Sundays. But Hard Knocks does a fantastic job of getting down and drilling into guys that you probably have never heard of, talking about their background stories, talking about their families, their journey to the NFL. And it always makes you sort of root for that team. Whatever team was on Hard Knocks that that year, I always kind of feel like I have a personal relationship with and like I'm in the back end deep of my heart I'm like pulling for them to win some games throughout the season uh last year I I didn't really get that because it was the Raiders and it honestly just made me hate them even more but this year you know what it's the Broncos and it's the Raiders that I have my major issues with in the AFC West the Chargers, I, I like a lot of individuals they have. Obviously, I would love the Chargers to go, you know, 0-16 and not pose any threat to the Chiefs whatsoever. But you still get to see, you know, the the coaching staff and everything like that on a on a up close level while you're watching Hard Knocks throughout the series. And it starts off with Coach Anthony Lynn, and it, he's cool. Uh, it opens up, he's grilling wings, you know, he seems super down to earth. Um, I thought it was so funny. So he's got some wings on the barbecue and he's saucing them up after he pulls them off. And again, NFL coaches, these guys are multimillionaires. <laughs> Instead of having a little sauce brush, Coach Lynn has got a paper towel attached to a fork uh, with a rubber band. He's got a rubber band wrapped around his fork, and he's using a paper towel to brush his sauce on. And I thought it was just so funny to see, like, he's such a normal, cool coach. And then it flips over to Sean McVay. And Sean McVay's house, 
looks like it is on Selling Sunsets. Like, it is the most quintessential L.A. house I have ever seen. And the same goes for Sean McVay, is the most classic L.A. guy I've ever seen. Uh, He's got a smoke of a wife, and rather than Coach Lynn opening up, firing up the barbecue, Coach McVay's like, oh, should we drink some rosé tonight? And that's his opening scene. He pops his shirt off. He's swimming in the pool. He's got an incredible view of L.A. And there's just such a difference between those two coaches, which I just thought was hilarious. Uh, But either way, all of this week's hard knocks, again, they couldn't get into too much football stuff. Uh, There was some cool stuff surrounding, like Joey Bosa's contract. And it's always funny to see, like, how other players treat guys who – obviously just got a huge public payday. Like Joey Bosa just made hundreds of millions of dollars, and then he rolls into practice the next day, and everyone's calling him money bags, asking him what he's going to buy and stuff like that. So Hard Knocks is always something that's that's so cool to just get that insight on. Uh, so I highly recommend tuning in. Again, it's on HBO. If you don't have an HBO account, maybe get with Aaron Shaw. He actually provided provided his login credentials to myself so I'm able to tune in so sure I know I I texted you this but but thank you again for that because HBO is one of those things that just no one really has anymore there's HBO Go there's HBO Now there's HBO Max like HBO as a as a whole needs to kind of figure it the f out uh, so they can get their subscription numbers up a little bit but Aaron Shaw is going to be your HBO plug if you need login there And again, it comes out every Tuesday at 9 o'clock. So it's a nice little way to to end out your Tuesday evening. I love that it starts at 9 p.m. Central, too. Like, just a late show. Get you nice and jazzed up before you get in bed. Sheesh. But that about does it for episode 29 of the pod. Uh, Dallas, Texas, we're, we're in the dead heat of it I'm not even going to get into weekend weather too much because it, it has not changed uh, a little bar of the week suggestion we're still seeing things kind of slowly open up a lot of bars are sort of figuring out how they're able to register with the state to be classified more as a restaurant so we're seeing some of the smaller joints uh, open their doors again so bar of the week is just going to go out there and and support a local restaurant uh, try and do your best to to get the local economy back up and running. Um, so get out there and do your best. And then real quick, too, I, I talked uh, at the very start of at the very start of August on our first August episode that we're gonna be focusing on just some quick tips on mental health stuff because honestly, I'm going on week or month five of working from home and month five of quarantine shutdown of not being able to do anything without you know constantly having corona over my head and ultimately it's kind of impacted my sleep a little bit but I found some good stuff so I'm going to just share a couple of quick tips I got some pillow spray off of Amazon and I don't know what is in it I think it's lavender or something but you spray it on your pillows and it honestly just it's it's a strange, unique smell, but it helps me. It really does help me fall asleep faster. Uh, and then one other thing that I've been doing before bed too, 
I need to get better at it. But just doing like a five-minute stretch session. Stretching out the back, stretching out the legs. Just so you're uh, not having any restless leg or back syndrome while you're laying in bed all night. And that's helped as well. So take care of yourself uh, throughout the month of August. Sleep is very important. Um, Makes your days feel so much better. Get so much more done. Very productive. So focus on yourself. Uh, Google some some sleep tips if, if you're struggling with sleep as well. Get out there. Support your local businesses. And then also continue to uh, you know, step outside of the box a little bit with, with whatever you're doing on the weekend. If you're more of that person that just goes and boozes all weekend, maybe get out and go on a hike or something. Explore nature a little bit. Go fishing. Fishing is actually very fun. Um, so get out there. Take advantage of your weekends. Thank you for everyone uh, tuning in. I think this is a record short episode, right around 30 minutes. You know, it was a grind this week, so they always say if if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together or go with a group. This week, we wanted to go fast, so we went alone. That about does it for episode 29 of the pod. We have got some cool guests coming up on the remaining 20 episodes. Uh, We'll see. You know, we'll see if this bleeds into 2021. Who knows? It might. It might not, but at minimum, rest assured that you have 20 more episodes to spend with your dear friend, J-Dubs. Already, everyone, get out there, enjoy your weekend, you know you deserve it, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye.